0: Three.
1: Four. Whoa, man.
0: Eric had it best. <laughs> wow, Luke, I no, am your okay. father.
2: <laughs> you're in competition. For I was going to say, wow.
0: yeah, Fitz has been replaced yeah. with Eric. now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's deeper in the mornings.
1: Welcome to the RC Roundtable podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Well, everybody, welcome to the RC Roundtable, Table. we have another fantastic show in store for you, as we have a special guest. Joining us today is uh, Mr. Eric Haddad. Hello, Eric. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. And of course, we have Lee Ray.
0: Good morning.
1: <laughs> and uh, Terry Dunn.
2: Hey, how are you?
1: All right. We're all together. Uh, And hey, this is, I think, uh, one of our first real shows in a while. We've had kind of a special edition shows for the past several uh, times we've been together, haven't we?
2: Uh, If they're all special, none of them are special. Well,
1: unusual. This is sort of our, back to our, kind of our standardized format.
2: (laughs) Back to our roots. Back to our roots. (laughs) Back to our roots, yes. Keeping it real.
1: (laughs) Back in the hood.
0: And, and having guests on, that's also good. Yes,
1: I have having guests. Thanks for joining us, Eric.
3: Yeah, no problem. My honor. Right. Yeah. Oh, well, you just started. <laughs> Wait till <laughs> the show's over before you say that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, well, hey, uh, I don't think we really haven't talked new products in a while either, have we? So that's... Nope.
2: Uh, maybe, yeah.
1: And kind of, sort of. Well, a couple of new things came out. Uh, first of all, of course, you probably saw that... Uh, Horizon Hobbies eFlight has come out with an A10. This uh, twin 64 millimeter fans, roughly 1200, just under 1200 millimeter in wingspan. Uh, it looks really nice, retracts, flaps, lights. It's got a, a kind of a, a gray camo scheme. Uh, removable weapons and such. Uh, which really caught my attention is it runs off a 6S battery, and not like a 4S mm-hmm. you would think. for a those smaller fans so uh you guys seen the videos of this thing flying
2: no this one's new to me i've been uh under a rock i guess apparently so so yeah you guys talk about it i'll catch up oh okay
1: well uh it looks like it's a really really sprightly flyer uh i think our our buddy chris wolf says it'll go has unlimited vertical wow hmm. yeah that's really impressive. Uh, it's, it certainly looks nice. Nice size. Uh, just uh, I have a a bigger A10 from another manufacturer, and it's a very nice flying plane. So I imagine this flies mm-hmm. just as well. Just in a, a nice. It's easier to transport in a smaller package.
2: Did you paint that thing yet?
1: Ah, uh, I've actually started to start painting it.
2: <laughs> You're at the beginning of the <clears> beginning.
1: I'm beginning <throat> of the beginning. Uh, some
3: solid reviews so far.
1: Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah. Uh, metal retracts, uh, working rudders. Uh, A10s generally always are really nice flying EDFs. They're straight-winged, very aerobatic, uh, mm-hmm. very mean-looking. Uh, probably, even though it's a twin, they probably make a really good first jet because it's such, usually have such docile flight characteristics. Um, of course, you're not going to win any speed races with them, but that's not what it's designed for. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, looked pretty speedy from Chris's videos.
1: Yeah, imagine what a, a small plane with six S. That probably was did probably break some records. For yeah,
2: I want to hear it. I I don't want to do it while we're talking, but I wonder what two eleven blade sixty four mils on six S sounds like.
1: <laughs> sounds like victory. <laughs> Are they eleven blade?
2: <laughs> That's what it says.
1: Oh. Hmm,
2: yeah, it's right. cool. got the usual be stuff. I'll do my homework.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's got the usual AS3X and safe if you get the bite and fly. Um, the different the, the weapons are usable. It looks a little bit light for an A10, but it's got it looks like the usual air to air and air to ground stuff.
2: So I want to find a picture of the battery bay because I'm trying to picture a 6S 3000 or 4000 battery in an airplane this size. It seems like a heck of a lot of battery. Yeah, that's a that's a big
3: yeah, that's slug a big of, battery. Yeah. Well, two motors are two. Imagine running each on a 3S. I guess it's about the same.
2: I, yeah, I, maybe. It doesn't
0: look like Chris's video has it, so I'll pull up the manual since I'm the Manuel guy <laughs> you know, and see if they have a photo of
1: that. That Manuel. Well, well I imagine, I guess, being an A10 has got a lot of space inside. Mm. But it is a good I'm chunk good. of a battery. Yeah. Uh, let's see Maybe yeah, help with
3: balance and stuff, too. Yeah, yeah. Having something heavy up front.
1: Yeah, good point, because you got the two motors in the back behind the wing. Because mm-hmm. the real owner had the big giant gun for ballast. <laughs> yeah. The story I was told with the A-10 was they had the gun first. Oh yeah? Somebody, they designed <laughs> around it? Yeah. They yeah the we have actually... this
0: gun that goes, Bird. What can we what can we make to go around this bird? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a gun,
1: we need a plane for it. <laughs>
0: well it's funny because it reminds me of what keith did you know when he had those edf motors he was like i got these these motors what can i build with just Uh these four motors lying around so yeah yeah, i love that story if it's true
3: (laughs) sort of like when you come up with the title of a movie first before you've written the script yeah (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) that's how it works at nasa you come up with the acronym first then you find everything to fit in oh
1: yeah i'll go oh yeah all right
2: so thoughts on the color scheme I know what I think. Uh, uh bit of good you, eyesight, you I it. You can't imagine. see it? Yeah, I think on a cloudy <laughs> yeah. day, it's going to disappear. Yeah. Are there no exciting A-10 full-scale color schemes? Yeah, there are. There's some nice oh. stuff out there.
3: There's some real colorful ones, like for air shows and stuff. I've never seen anything but military schemes. Yeah, there's, yeah. Uh, there's one with Invasion Stripes. Uh, yeah,
2: that would be great. Invasion Stripes are perfect yeah. for RC.
3: Yeah, they did that for a special event.
1: Uh, there's mm-hmm. other more colorful camouflages. Um, but yeah, I see what you mean. I had a Mirage that was very similar colors. And it was, yeah, it was, don't use sunglasses. Make sure your eyes are good. Plan a sunny day.
2: Yeah. Mm. I understand why they do it full scale, but uh, it just doesn't translate well yeah. to line of sight.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, Which uh, is
2: exactly the point of camouflage.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was
0: going to say, yeah. <laughs> They're not doing it for your sake. <laughs> They're trying not to get shot down. Oh, by the way, I'm looking at Manuel and uh, it's a very ugly picture of this, I'm not kidding you, uh, rectangular block and with an arrow down into the front of the nose there's a the no guy way. holding a shoehorn <laughs> <laughs> hammer hammer's optional right there uh no it's there's nothing specific on how it uh, goes in there there's no latch there's no you know lock-in mechanism it's just a little square box pointing down into the, the nose oh so, it's like
1: grog put battery here yeah that's it <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's exactly what it is so yeah nothing nothing is exciting as some kind of battery tray that you can lock it in place and stuff like that to Make it easy now. It looks, and in fact, it looks like it's Velcro. So there huh.
2: we right. go. Uh, well, uh, AS3X safe, all the usual doodads.
1: Yeah, I guess uh, just you know, maybe check out some of the videos, see if they have any information there. Oh, there's. A <laughs> I just pulled out one of the video. They have some sort of Roman candle, and it's flying through the, the, the sparkles and the explosions.
2: Oh, not it, mounted on the plane. No, no, it's it? on the ground. Okay.
1: Oh, wait a minute. Here's a picture. Uh, uh. Oh, it's not a good angle. There's, in their video, they show the hatch. So the 6S fits in there. Uh, it's sort of, that's hard to describe, but it's it. It's close. It's not a whole lot of extra room for uh, the corner okay. of it, but, but it fits. So there's a brief glimpse of it in one of their videos, so. Check Fair it out. Enough. Fair enough. All right, let's move on to the next one. You- well,
2: hold on. We got to talk the stuff here. Three hundred forty-nine ninety-nine for what bind and fly basic. Yeah. So, what you just add a battery to that? Yeah. Now, I bet those batteries aren't cheap.
0: Yeah. I
3: was- yeah. I'd agree. You can find some pretty good
2: deals on Amazon. Ooh, you would you for- trust an Amazon battery? And yeah, I use them all the time. Really? Okay. I guess they're probably all coming out of the same <laughs> factory with different stickers. Maybe. Yeah. Okay.
3: I mean, I've never done, I've never bought a 6S. I use 3Ss all the time, just,
2: oh.
3: you know, they're a little cheaper, but. Yeah. I guess you could conceivably put two 3 3Ss in this if you're. Yeah, just high enough. What do you call it? Parallel or series? Uh, series.
2: Series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the One Horizons uh, promoting for it, their smart battery 6S 3200 is 75 bucks, which is actually less than I predicted. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. All right, now we can move on.
1: Okay, well, this is a double trouble day because they have another twin that popped up. Uh, another a, twin EDF. Twin EDF, another one. They're on a roll. On and 6S. U- S- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> UMX you basically on- just Velcro the wings to the battery.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Can you imagine UMX on 6S? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a whole lot of fun. It's a 6S 100 milliamp or something? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah i think it sounds like a dentist drill
1: uh so it's, it's a you
0: take off and then you glide home <laughs> you're like what's that smoke trail
1: oh wait that's the motors uh okay so it's a umx citation so civilian uh almost uh, you don't see too many civilian jets so that's really neat mm-hmm. to see that uh twin 30 millimeters and uh, what's the wingspan on this guy? This is like, 25 like inch. 38, 25 mm-hmm. inch. Yeah, about 600 mm-hmm. or so millimeters. Uh, of course, the usual is 3 x in it. Uh now this is
2: a 3S airplane, which is pretty unique for
1: Yeah, I was just noticing that too. So that's a little more, usually they're, mm-hmm. they're 2S, 1 or 2Ss. So EDFs are power hungry, so 3S, 800 milliamp hour battery pack is what they're asking for. Uh, oh, was his, hey,
0: Fitz, wasn't our, our Sabre a 3S, though? Isn't our the Great Plains F-86, wasn't that a 3S? No, it's was a 2S. Nope,
2: 2. Really, was it 2? Yeah. This has more S's. <laughs>
1: <This> has, yeah.
0: <laughs> you buy two S's, get one free. <laughs> He's got
1: 50% more S's. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: Uh looks really nice. This one, when I saw this, I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. 20. <laughs> it's like, I think I like this a lot. Um, yeah. It was a plug-in landing gear, I think, right? Yeah, it sure. looks like it. They look pretty scale. It's not too the bad. Landing gear, but yeah. yeah, landing gear looks nice. The engine nacelles are a little larger than scale, but not too not mm-hmm. obnoxious. Well, I'm or so. looking.
0: I'm looking at their multimedia page of the photos. There's a there's a shot of a, a close up shot of the landing gear like in the studio. Yeah, that's just awful looking. But then they got this really nice photo of it in the air, like coming in. Yeah. and at a quick glance, you go that looks kind of real <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, up in the air. Now that I see
3: the zoom in of the landing gear, <laughs> it looks cheesy as heck a little it. bit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, but that picture of it in the air, it's like, okay, I like that. But I think Chris took his gear off. If I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. For yeah, his, I bet uh,
2: you could slide it on grass. Oh yeah. R-O-G. Oh yeah. Snow. Yeah. Be there cool. You
3: go. <laughs> oh yeah. Terry goes all about snow.
2: I do. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Are you in Lubbock?
2: No, I'm, I was in Lubbock, but now I'm in Buffalo, New York.
3: Oh dang. That's so
2: changed. Yeah. It snowed here yesterday. Yeah. Only Still? Yep. Wow. That was the first time in a while and it, it's already gone, but yeah. it snowed. Wow.
0: I don't think I realized how swept that wing was until just now looking at a, a top view. Mm. It really is going backwards, man. Yeah. Tips yeah. are tips go all the way to the EDF. Does
1: the new the mm-hmm. new uh, uh business jets are really really sophisticated aerodynamically? And uh, electronically and high speed, long range.
2: Yeah, so a friend of mine from Riddle uh, flies Citation Sovereigns. I don't know what the difference is between the longitude and the Sovereign, but mm. basically he flies them for a living. And I saw this release and I sent him a link. And he's not into RC, but it's like, ooh, this might be the thing that gets me started. So, <laughs> so I let him know. I'm like, you don't want to learn on this. But uh and he realized that. He's like, Yeah, but this is a good incentive to to learn and to, yeah. to get all the gear I need. Oh. Well. So yeah. Yeah, like
1: cool. I was gonna say there's not a whole lot of civilian jets. Uh I actually have one from uh Grayman's estate, some some I don't know, maybe it's a citation. It's partially built. I think it was partially scratch built or something and when he's will finish because it's such a unique thing they have.
2: Yeah, I've seen some citations around, and I used to have a Learjet that Hobby Lobby sold back in the day. Yeah. So they come and go, but yeah, there there aren't many of them.
3: Yeah, it seems like airliners are starting to come out a little bit.
2: Yeah, I mean, we talked about others. that before, that mm-hmm. Motion had that yeah. airliner. That's been kind of a runaway hit. Yeah, that's has a me. really popular one. Yeah,
0: It's like, like T-28 popular.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, nothing's T-28 popular. <laughs> that, <laughs> okay, slow stick. Uh, zaggy, Zaggy, uh, <laughs> I go way back.
0: We should we should come up with that chart, guys, and put it on our website page. <laughs> yeah. How popular? With no data whatsoever. <laughs> we have determined popularity based on these vintage aircraft.
1: <laughs> uh, so this one says it's "envelope protection," flight envelope protection. What is that? Just normal safe, safe stuff.
0: That's safe. Yeah.
1: Okay, It seems like an odd way of saying it.
0: <laughs> They're trying to use as many marketing words as possible. Yeah, yeah. marketing speak. <laughs>
1: yeah, lots of marketing speak. Although it does have lights and full flank stab. That's uh, pretty cool. So, yeah. Uh, you it, know. <laughs>
0: I say this now because we've kind of transitioned to a phase where we just say, oh, it's got safe and AS3X. We just kind of roll it off the tongue. You know, yeah. it used to be like, oh, hey, this one has safe and AS3X. I think guys don't they all now? Well, exactly. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of what, like, right now, you know, in 2020, with what we're dealing with, what's going to be like the the thing that's common in you know the year 2022? <laughs> what's, uh, the, what's the thing that we're just gonna say? yeah, It comes with bombs. <laughs> bombs. Yeah. It comes with an ejection seat hopefully
3: not geolocating oh
0: goodness gracious let's <laughs> do go down that rabbit hole sorry
3: to bring that up it's got mind control that'll be the next thing
2: <laughs> that's no fun
1: <laughs> you gotta use your hands ah, it's like a baby's toy
2: yeah.
0: okay yeah. let's wrap this one up
1: all right any last thoughts
2: yeah 170 bucks bind and fly already on back order <laughs> yeah so. mid-april oh, i know someone who has one <laughs> yeah right I mean, so would... it's 3S, what size cells is it using? 800, 800 milliamp. Yeah. That's a substantial battery for a WMX. Yeah. So. yeah, it wow. is.
1: Now, they're saying a JST connector. Uh, my <laughs> first thought is that's oh, pushing a JST really? connector.
0: Oh, that's not
1: good. Yeah, that's yeah. right at the limit, I would think, of a, its capabilities. God,
0: I mean, at least they should have done EC3. Yeah, yeah.
1: EC3 would
2: be better.
3: Uh, yeah, I agree.
2: That's kind of clunky for a plane this size. No, the only well, real... Could,
3: well, then what would you yeah, have gone so, with? EC3 well, would fit, wouldn't it?
2: Uh, it might. But the only real alternative to a micro, like a JST, would be the... Was it the XT30?
0: Well, that would be my next case, that's but it. I don't think they...
2: Yeah, but that's made by... Right, they couldn't yeah, use but that. Ugh. But we could swap it out. Oh, yeah, anybody with their own can do that, and that's probably what I would do if I had it.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I think we're adding that little... Uh, Tidbit PSA here, guys. If you buy this jet, probably nix that J uh, JST and and swap it.
2: Yeah, they're garbage. Well, they're not garbage. We use them for purposes it was never designed for. It was designed to be on some electronic board that gets unplugged once every thirty years, and yeah, runs point six amps.
0: And I'm glad you ran that test, Terry. Because really, now that I see every time I see a JST, I think about your little report, and I'm pretty much moving everything over to XT thirties. Yep because uh, of you you have influenced me
1: it, it sounds like they need an xt20 uh,
0: okay <laughs> well they need to come up with a better one there's got to be something better than jst well no. horizon
2: had their micro version what was it uh the ec5 what's smaller than their normal ec3 is the normal yeah. i think they had an ec5 see, well that's so ec2 it's way bigger Oh, okay smaller than yeah. whatever it was they had a smaller version it was just ridiculously expensive uh-huh. so i think they were like three bucks each
1: no i was so. using dean's dean's had a really nice micro connector they still do um uh, it's real small yeah. but the only problem is it one of the pins sticks out so it's inviting shorts right. if you're not careful well
2: with
0: it. hey well fitz didn't the great planes come with that dean's because that's what my all my batteries for the the f86 came with That dean's two pin
1: i honestly don't remember
0: yeah,
2: the Dean, they used to, uh, the Great Plains stuff came with the Deans, and there were two versions of it. They had one where both pins stuck out, and one, a polarized version, where one pin stuck out of each side. Yeah. And I tried those for a while, but the pins kept coming out of the housing for me.
0: Same. So uh-huh. I said,
2: that's even worse. So, <laughs> so I gave up on those. Hmm. Anyway, but we digress, as we were Well, here's,
0: well the... then here's a thought. It, what? Is there any other airplane that you know of right now that uses a 3S800?
2: A UMX? Or... Yes. Oh, no, I don't think so.
0: So I'm going to go back to what Fitz said earlier about the A-10, the story about coming up with the gun first and then built a plane around it. I bet we're going to start seeing some UMX planes built around a 3S800. Uh, okay. Putting it out there.
2: Maybe. I mean, the battery existed and had applications before. but
0: Yeah, but I'm just saying, have you seen a UMX with that size? So if you haven't, I have a feeling they'll start releasing more so they can fully utilize that size battery. Yeah, logical. Well, I'd like to have an episode, you know, in the next six months to say, "Hey, I told you so." I was right. So. <laughs> I was right. I'll call Chris. He'll he'll have it in his shop right now, so I can yeah, go right. ahead and get the answer. <laughs> He's working on it. All right. Well, yeah. So not not bad. I know Chris likes it a lot. He his video of uh, flying it in a little baseball field uh, was really impressive. He flew the crap out of it.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Probably now, you know, it's probably a lot of fields are closed and stuff, so small yeah, flying. for sure. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, I think that wraps up our new products, unless we've got anything else we missed.
2: No, I think we're good.
1: Silence means no. Okay, on that note, I think we will take a quick break and we'll be right back.
3: Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No.
2: I am your father. No. No. That's
3: not true. That's impossible. Search your feelings. You know it to be true.
1: Okay, as I mentioned in the beginning of the show, we have a special guest, uh, Mr. Eric Haddad. And hey, how's it going? Hey, um, Eric. So I see you uh, specialize in designing your own 3D printed airplanes.
3: Yeah, so I started uh, 3D Aero Ventures last year. Just I've been flying for you know many many years, but life I'm lifer or- engineer by trade, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lifer since the age of twelve, but yeah, I've been—I'm an engineer by trade and um, have some CAD skills, so I started just kind of diving into that. 3D printed aircraft have started to become more and more um, mainstream and accessible, I guess, and so um, figured I'd give a try at designing my own. So it's been super fun. So is that the main um, purpose of your your site, 3D
1: Air Adventures, or is it just multifaceted?
3: Yeah, so I'll mostly be selling the digital files um, for my designs there, but then also I have plans to kind of do some more kind of STEM-related education things for kids and trying to make 3D printing and, and just using it as an avenue to make the RC hobby a little bit more accessible for people. Huh. And so um, 3D printing is getting more and more accessible, and so I'm, I'm trying to design some, some models or you know fun aircraft for kids to give a try through 3D printing as well. So how did you so, how did you get started in three D printing aircraft? In three D printing aircraft? Yeah, how um, think
1: you get started in this?
3: Yeah, so I've been in the RC hobby since I was twelve. I'm thirty five now, and just a couple. Yeah, and just a couple years ago, I mean, people started three D printing their own planes, and so I run my own um, product development business just out of my home. So I've got a dozen 3D printers. And so I mostly have been using them for prototype development and some small batch production for, for other companies. Wow. Um, and so, you know, it's heavily related to my kind of day job skills is, you know, CAD and 3D printing. And so super passionate about aviation and model aviation. So I figured, you know, in my downtime, I could give it a try and it's turned from downtime into, (laughs) I'm just diving kind of full head, head first into it and doing it a ton now. So, Wow. Um, it's been, I guess, eight months or so since I first kind of started dabbling in it, and now I'm starting to try to churn out as many designs as I can. So so just to kind
1: of rewind a little bit, you started when you were 12?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, so, wow. Yeah. What, kind of, what got you started in the hobby?
3: Um, I, So most people are kind of introduced at that age you are kind of introduced by a family member or their dad or mom or something. But I kind of introduced my dad to it at the age of 12. <laughs> and he, uh, basically, I, I, before my 12th birthday, I said, dad, I think I want an RC model. Um, would you mind kind of help me out with it? And so he was super, he just kind of dove headfirst into it with me and we started playing with it. Um, and I, I guess even before that, I was always into airplanes for some reason, just always thought they had personality and I was always attracted to aviation. And so, um, he and I basically from my age 12 to 18, while I was home before college, every weekend we'd go out and fly, um, at our local flying field. And he dove into it with me and, you know, he put almost more attention to it than I did, especially on the building side. He did most of the building and then I'd fly them, which was just a pretty, pretty blessed gig for me. Um, but yeah, it was a really cool way for him and I to connect. And so his garage is still, he doesn't fly a ton more uh, anymore, but his garage is still full of some pretty awesome planes. So
2: what was your first model?
3: My very first model was a Thunder Tiger 40 trainer. Hmm. Okay. And, uh, first flight with my instructor, he started just Gabbing up with my dad while I was on the sticks. I took to it pretty quick. Even on the first flight, he just kind of let me have it. And then he lost focus and just started talking to my dad and I started doing loops and to put it in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Were the His loops on purpose? Uh, yeah, I was doing loops on purpose and then just kind of kept doing them and then it went in the oh, ground. And so good. got a new trainer after that or a new instructor after that. Um, <laughs> The fact that the trainer trouble. was going ring, 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 didn't get his <laughs> <Yeah>. attention. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, with, his name was Stumpy, so he wasn't the most trustworthy guy. <laughs> 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 uh, but my new instructor was awesome and, and I ended up actually, the next plane I just wanted something a little cooler looking. Um, and my dad agreed. So we got a... Do you remember the Manufacture flight craft,
2: yes, I don't know. sounds <laughs> familiar. They made a couple,
3: a, just a few planes. I know one of them was kind of a Cessna looking one, so they would do these like plastic fuselages, yeah, plastic like shell fuselages or and then foam core wings and tail surfaces. <laughs> Didn't
0: I mention to you guys my worst built plane ever <laughs> was a flight craft? <laughs> was a flight craft that was the worst plane I've ever built. And so
3: the one I got was a shadow, and it was a low wing, kind of aerobatic looking one. Tail okay. dragger, really That's cool. Exactly actually, exactly the one. Yeah, terrible, <laughs> I, terrible I quality. Hate that plane, yeah, that is hilarious. It's a kind of a terrible quality build, but I loved the look of it as a kid. Hey,
0: do you remember that box on our bingo that says "crashed on maiden"?
3: Yeah, <laughs> crashed on. Yeah. <laughs> My if I remember,
2: they had this huge seam where the sides of the fuselage came together. This vertical seam. Mm-hmm. Am I remembering that right?
3: Yeah, I think they would mold it in halves and then they would fuse them together or glue them together yeah. on the, the outside, not process, the inside. Yeah. It's yeah. Crazy. yeah. So I loved it, but I ended up learning on that and that, so that one survived the first flight and went many, many flights <laughs> after that. So not the best trainer in the world, obviously, but it, it I think it made me a more skilled pilot learning on <laughs> something a little bit more difficult. Well, sure. Um, and then I started getting into more, we, me and my dad started getting into bigger stuff and, uh, 3d aerobatics and stuff like that. So. And back then was when like the tournament of champions was really big in Vegas and 3d was just starting to kind of come out. Um, so we got into, we still have like a 40% edge hanging up in his garage and some bigger stuff, which is cool. Yeah. So like I said, he dove into it It as just as heavy as I did. Um, but I've just kind of kept it, kept it alive on my end and trying to introduce my son to it a little bit and stuff. So.
2: Now, speaking of Tournament of Champions, if mm-hmm. you guys haven't listened to Mac Ruddick's podcast about that on the AMA website, that's really interesting. I was never really into that stuff, so I was mm-hmm. hesitant to start, but it was a, a very interesting and compelling story. So check it out.
3: Cool, yeah. We actually got to go, I think it was in like 2000 or 2001, we went to one in Vegas. Um, really cool event. Yeah. And I, they don't still do it, do they?
2: No, I don't. Th- well, you know what? No. I, I, I don't want to be got a turn. Looked at I, I don't know.
3: Yeah. So, so yeah. And then now, what 20 something years later, still doing it just through a different technology avenue. Wow, great story. So,
2: yeah. So, did you morph into 3D printing your planes because there's something you can only do with a 3D printer? or that's easier yeah, with the 3D I the mean, printer it, or just the novelty of having done it.
3: There's there's definitely some upsides to doing it through 3D printing and also some downsides, but I guess the upsides being it's relatively cheap to build a whole airframe and hands off. I mean if if you buy the files, you know, for 15 or 30 bucks and then it you get the once you get the printer dialed in, it's fairly hands off to build a full airframe and it's mm-hmm. 20 bucks in filament. Um the downside being, you know, it's not gonna be as robust as a, a balsa plane or a traditional like a foam build. Mm-hmm. Um
2: in terms of crashworthiness. Yeah, or, exactly.
3: Yeah, I mean it just doesn't much. have the, the impact resistance that like a foam plane does. Yeah, they're pretty delicate. So you're typically yeah, even a you know, if you have a hard landing, you're probably gonna crack something. Um so that's the downside. The upside being now, I mean, there's more, more and more people kind of designing planes and putting them up for sale. So we're starting to see some really unique designs and some, you know, seldom modeled scale planes, which is kind of cool.
1: Yeah, I think that's the real advantage. You can build mm-hmm. something that's very rarely modeled. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you don't have to worry about economies of scale and, and manufacturing it. You just you have the file and you can sell the file. But uh, uh, it's, mm-hmm. um, it's, I think it can really expand the, the, the type of model you can build. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I I'm even see sure. on your site, you have a pretty unique model. You call it the X-100 joint Yeah, wing? I call it the Infinity
3: Wing.
0: Yeah, I'm sure Fitz was drooling when he saw that photo. Oh, uh, yeah.
3: That, that's it's cool. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, it flies really well, too. Um, So, yeah, that one, I set out to just... It was my first um, fully 3D printable aircraft design. And I set out just to do a flying wing. And then I started... You know, I had this concept... Kind of in the back of my head, um, that I, I had seen a similar wing configuration when I was in college, and always it always appealed to me, and just looked like it would be a stable flyer. Um, so I, I gave that a crack, and it obviously starting out with thinking I was going to do something simple, and it turned into something quite a bit more complex. Um, but yeah, so it's a it's a joined wing, or some people call it a boxed wing, um, where the the rear wing is attached to the front wing on, at the wing tips. Mm. Did did, um, did you mm-hmm. make like a, a throw a chuck glider of it first or something simple? No, just my a... chuck glider was the fully three D printed. Wow, that's a, If you that's watch a the video, you'll 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 see the tests and experience the the drama and the hilarity with me. Um, but so yeah, the very first prototype didn't go so well. Um, so went through a couple iterations after that and and got it flying really nice.
2: So it's what Sparky so, says, right? The poor man's wind tunnel is tall grass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, so, was, so can, yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, I was wondering if you could walk us through a little bit, the design process of, of you know, designing a plane in 3D, what kind of software you use and yep. um,
3: such so forth. Yeah, I, I use a, a program called SolidWorks, which is, you know, I use it for my, my day job as well in product development. So it's probably one of the most widely used CAD programs out there. Um, especially for mechanical engineers,
2: mm,
3: right. um, so yeah, it really starts out with just kind of framing up the the outer shell and look of it, and you know, I'm I don't claim to be an aerodynamics expert, but I know enough just with my experience in the hobby to make something fly. Uh, so it's really just kind of getting the shell, outer shell, laid out first, and that part's relatively quick, just getting the uh, the shape done, and then once you start diving into the internal details of you have to design a rib structure that'll be kind of self-supporting as it 3D prints, but also you know give the parts strength, but also be super light, or as light as possible as you can be with a plastic part. Um, and so, it, it's a many hours of labor to, to get all the details right, and splitting the part into manageable 3D printable chunks that'll fit on your print bed, and then mm-hmm. designing a way for them to key together so you don't have to carefully align them when you glue it; just automatically aligns. So there's a lot of what you call design for manufacturability, but our manufacturing process in this is 3D printing instead of more traditional routes. So there's a lot of more work put, in, put into designing for manufacturability than actually designing the airframe. That so makes w- sense. So.
2: What level of skill would you say someone needs either as a 3D printer or as mm-hmm. a, a RC modeler to tackle one of these?
3: Um, if you have, the, I mean, if you've built a, a Balsa model in the past, it's easier than that as far as the build side, you know, the assembly side and Fitz, okay. Fitz has built a couple so he can chime in here too. Um, the 3d printing side takes a little bit of dialing in because tip, you know, it's, it's a little atypical kind of designed to 3d print because you're just printing a very, very thin shell. And so, getting the parts to look as smooth as possible or as nice as possible takes a little bit more dialing in. But now there's you know thousands of people doing it, so there's a big, a bigger and bigger community out there now of people three D printing airplanes that help each other out. Yeah, that was kind of the trickiest part, getting the settings mm-hmm. of the printer dialed in. But once mm-hmm. you do that,
1: you save that profile, you save those settings, and then I just go back. To yeah. Them. Uh, And I have a couple of different settings depending on what I'm printing, if it's Mm -hmm. a full open shell or control surface or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the the print will take a while, but you just press a button and walk away for the most part. Uh, But I did find the assembly goes really fast. Basically, you're just Mm -hmm. gluing major sub-assemblies together and installing Mm -hmm. the servos, and you've done fairly quickly,
3: actually. Exactly. So, like, for example, the the Infinity Wing is probably 30-some-odd parts. So, I mean, I'm lucky I have six printers I can run them on so I can knock it out in a couple days. Yeah. <laughs> no, man. <laughs> most people that have one or two printers, you know, it'll take them maybe a week to print all the parts and then, but the assembly can be done in a day, including all the radio and motor setup.
1: Which Which printer do you favor, by the way?
3: For those, I use Prusa MK3s. Okay. Um, the actual Prusas? Yes, okay. not a clone. Yeah. I've actually been thinking about getting
1: an actual Prusa. I have a clone, but uh,
3: the new uh, one has some really nice features. Uh, the big one? Uh, the... Um, I mean, they're standard MK3. Yeah, the the yeah yeah the Mark, the Mark III. Yeah, they're really nice. I mean, I've really had little or no tinkering mm. to do with them, which is nice. And so, um, and now that I've got them dialed in, you know, these the files for the planes dialed in. Like you said, it's just I can just load a G code and press play. And I've been actually I've sold a few of the uh, the X100s as a kit for a few people. Um, so being able to just go and press play and it builds itself overnight, which is pretty awesome. Yeah,
2: it's like a printing press for money. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's
3: a really, really slow printing press.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so what's the minimum size print bed you would need for something, for one of your designs?
3: For that one, it's about 200 millimeter cubed. Okay. Um, I am working on some micro stuff, like U, almost UMX size, because there, there's been a lot of strides in uh, materials. Development for 3D printing, and so they're developing these really cool lightweight materials that actually will work for micro mm. planes. Okay. Um, so those, I'd be you'd be able to fit on like a 180 by 180 cube printer, mm. which are would make it a little more. That's kind of one of my goals is to make this a little more accessible for people, not so daunting to print 30 to 50 parts. Um, and so if I can attract more people to the hobby through, you know the 3d printing community and the RC hobby community are starting to kind of meld. And so if I can attract people to RC hobby by developing these simpler to build planes, I think that that's kind of one of my goals. Have you gotten much feedback
1: on your designs from the community?
3: Yeah, so far, um, I have a, you know, Facebook group set up for those that are, have purchased the files and are printing it themselves. So those have only been up for sale for three, three or four weeks. And so now People are starting to complete their builds and fix them to go. I'm, I haven't seen any test flights yet from them, but so far builds have been going really well. There's always troubleshooting because every printer is different and everybody's printer settings are different. So yeah, that's been... It's fun, though. Most people are that get into this, they understand that they're going to have to do some tweaking on their end. Yeah,
1: even sometimes and the s-
3: same printer, different filaments. Exactly. Companies and stuff, yeah. Colors mm-hmm.
1: it can muck you up.
3: Yeah. So that... I have had to do, you know, quite a bit of customer service on that end, but most people or pretty much everybody has been super patient with like, Hey, here's what I'm running. This is the trouble I'm running into with this particular part. And then, um, as long as my response and customer service is good, people are really happy. So, um, but yeah, so far feedback has been positive. I mean, on the design itself, people are super stoked about how unique it is for at least for this infinity wing. And then, uh, the builds so far have gone pretty smooth for people.
2: Is there any so. part that you've just decided is not worth printing and you've got to do it the old fashioned way? Like landing gear or push rods, something.
3: Um, Yeah, I wouldn't do push rods. I'd stick with carbon fiber or metal push rods for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, landing gear you can do. Um, I'm trying to think if there's or anything else. Motor that mounts? Or definitely wouldn't do.
2: Stress or heat? No, I mean yeah.
3: heat. So you do have to worry about heat with motor mounts. So, but um, that, like for this Infinity Wing, um, it's designed for an electric motor with an X mount to be mounted on the front of, on a firewall. Okay, and so it has a little designed motor mount that that gives it the proper down. Um, sorry. Side thrust and down thrust. There. Yeah. Okay. Um, what I've done with some ones I printed is use a different material. I've used ABS. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I recommend using either ABS, ASA, PETG is another kind of high temp, higher temp material that you I can print my the little motor mount out of that and it it resists the heat a little bit better. Um, and that's another thing. I guess kind of one of the downsides of printing a, a part out of plastic is heat resistance. Even just. Resistance to the sun. So, if you were to leave a PLA airplane out in the especially here, and I'm in West Texas, so it gets up in 105 or something in the summer. If I left that out on the runway, it would deform. So, you, you just have to kind of be careful leaving it in the shade. Yeah, don't leave them in the hot car. Yeah, or the hot car, exactly. Yeah. So, if you go to Home Depot after the flying field, you'd come back to a warped airplane.
2: <laughs> and there's no <laughs> fixing that, I presume.
3: Not really. I mean, you can replace part. Some parts sometimes, but yeah, it might be a total rebuild. Okay,
0: or it might be a new design. <laughs> yeah,
3: <exactly.
2: laughs> I mean, Let's just fly think, it and see what Salvador happens. Salvador Dali. Uh, think about <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: Well, and yeah. that kind of leads me to my next question: Are you taking suggestions for future design? <laughs> yes, I, I to take any lead.
3: suggestion you have. Whether do you or not know where am going the other question, but
0: i wonder if it's can know where I'm going. I know exactly I where it. you're going, and uh, I agree say totally. it. Say it. You go ahead and tell
1: them. No, you, you started it. 337.
0: I want to see a Cessna 337. Oh. Especially one that's not very big. I mean, I'd like to see a 1.2 meter Cessna okay. 337. 3D someone embedded.
3: else recommended that. Hold on, let me look at it. Up.
0: Well, then done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a Skymaster. Someone does. seconded it. Yeah, so yeah Skymaster. Good. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Those are sick.
0: <laughs> Yay, we got someone on board with us.
3: <laughs> All right, make I mean, it so. It, yeah. I have a whole list of stuff um if if you both scale and a couple more concepts but um yeah if if, if i had the skills i do sci-fi stuff i do really funky oh to uh, i yeah. want to do a little bit of i have a couple more ideas for the like an infinity wing kind of configuration of that wing mm. but doing some more um yeah maybe a military version of that and a, a kind of like a aerobat. Uh, pattern ship. It flies very. It has a fully symmetrical airfoil, so it flies kind of like a pattern ship. This the wing that's currently for sale. So, like, mm-hmm. I'd like to do a pattern version of that. Um, that has you know conventional landing gear and full four channel control and stuff. So,
0: well, I'd like to say I've been looking at your Facebook page and your website, and yeah. the Super Chipmunk is gorgeous. Yeah, thanks. That's that's <laughs> so that lovely. That's
3: next. I'm I'm actually working. Like I said, I'm work. I haven't been able to get to the flying field because of all this coronavirus stuff. Everything's closed down. Um, so I haven't flown the chipmunk yet. Um, so I'm working on some things that I can test fly at the moment at park. So that's why I've kind of do, been diving into the micro thing. So I'm, I'm going to probably have a micro, that air cam that you see on the website.
2: Oh, yeah. Was gonna, you called it a sport cam. Sport but I was going to say, that reminds me of an air cam, is it?
3: It is modeled after the air cam, yeah. Okay. And I just call it a sport cam because I ended up doing a fully enclosed fuselage on it. And then you yeah. made a
0: micro, then you now you have so a I'm, micro sport cam too. Yeah.
3: I'm almost done with that. Um, so hopefully within the next two weeks, that'll be up and that'll be like 15 bucks for people to, like I said, it'll be a little bit more, a little less daunting to print your, yourself. And, and then, uh, after that, I'll dive into getting the chipmunk ready.
2: That chipmunk's a big airplane. That's 64 inch. It is.
3: Oh, you is. Remember the Goldberg, the Goldberg chipmunk.
2: Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's Please modeled
3: after that. that exact same specs.
2: Oh, okay. Wow.
3: Just to redesign the fuselage to be a little more scale. Because that Goldberg shipment was kind of a blocky fuselage.
2: Carl's rolling the scale in his grave is... right now. <laughs> 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 who? What? Plastic? Oh!
3: I know. Who's, who is? Uh,
2: Carl, Go- Goldberg. Carl
3: Goldberg. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I joke. Sorry, Carl. <laughs> I think Dave Platt designed that.
2: It's yeah, probably true, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know if any of them have an aversion to plastic or modernization. <laughs> I know. I'm sure, a lot
3: of a lot of the uh, people that have been in the hobby a long time do have, and they think it's too heavy and that'll never fly. Yet there's thousands of people out there flying 3D printed planes. So yeah, I don't know. But the material side has gotten really interesting. There's a there's a couple materials that as they're heated up and printing out of the nozzle they foam, and so. Your plastic ends up being 40% the density of, you know, a standard PLA. Oh. So it you can get down to UMX level weights on a 3D printed part, which is pretty awesome. That is. Yeah. So that's, I'm actually printing some parts right now for that, the little uh, microplane that I'm working on that are printed out of this lightweight material. So,
2: And that's without any sort of post process it just happens as yeah you print.
3: as it's printing you print it hotter and so the heat causes it to foam up as it's printing hmm. um and then there's there's control you can set settings just in your slicer or your, your program that you do to slice the files hmm. um that you, it sets the proper kind of they call it line weight or basically the proper wall thickness as it's printing so you don't have to do anything afterwards to get it right
2: uh, so it predicts the amount of expansion. And-
3: mm-hmm. So you, you're you basically pushing out 40, 60% less material out of the nozzle than you would with a standard plastic. But because it's foaming, that extra 60%, you're uh, you're getting back to the line weight that you, you need. Yeah, sounds like an extrusion modifier. Yeah. Yeah, that's all it is. It's just an extrusion that, yeah, the way the material's foaming is compensating for less material being pushed yeah. out of the nozzle. Yeah, that's neat. It's pretty cool.
2: So what's so. A, a general timeline from the time the light bulb pops over your head mm-hmm. with a new idea mm-hmm. and you've got a, that airplane ready to go in front of
3: you? Mm-hmm. It's a couple months, depending on how well the initial test flights go. I think okay. pretty much every time I do an initial test flight or initial build, I have I have notes of things I need to change to just to make it right for other people. Mm-hmm. or easier or better flying for other people. So, yeah, I'll, I'll at least go through one prototype and then have to to redraw something, you know. And I, honestly, the redesign time sometimes takes longer to go back and have to rework a bunch of stuff.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, so an initial design on the CAD side I can get done in one to two weeks and then test fly and then another probably one to two weeks to do redesigns. That sounds actually pretty quick actually. It's not bad. And then I mean there's a then the video side of it I like to do YouTube videos to kind of show people my process and just kind of garner some interest and then um the PDF I do my own like design of the PDF build guides which takes, you know, a couple several days. So there's a lot of work that goes into it. But I'm trying to have yeah Hover around the kind of every six weeks mark, putting up a new plane for sale. So, like I said, I have a whole list of some some cool ideas for planes. So,
2: well, fun. I know. Yeah. At least for the three of us, we've got a, a list we've been maintaining since forever of what our next project's going to be. Our next uh-huh. projects are going to be, mm-hmm. and the priority shifts constantly.
3: Yeah, <laughs> you see something, you get that shiny object syndrome. Right. And you see something new, like, ooh, I'm going to do that. Yeah. So and I think guys- Fitz
2: posted a thing yesterday, that uh, cleaning your garage is, what, 1% cleaning and whatever, 30% grousing about it and however many percent playing with the stuff you found You yeah. about? is it
1: 1% cleaning, that 60% <laughs> playing with stuff you found, 30% yeah. bitching so- about it? Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> So I know Fitz has, um, he's done, dabbled in 3D printing. Do you guys have it, printers on your end? or?
2: Well, I have a printer here, and it's actually Fitz's first printer. So okay. it's, I I don't know how the, in, in the genesis of 3D printers this fits, but I think it's Stone Age. It's a printer bot. So okay, yeah. Is that a fair assessment, a Fitz? Yeah, it's, it's
3: like first gen. Yeah, it's pretty Stone Age. Okay. I but, guess Stone Age for, what, 2012 or something? Uh, that's roughly about when I got it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: But uh, I use it for a lot of different things. I've made um, like uh, transmitter stick protectors for mm-hmm. when you put them in a case, and I've made uh, some doodads that I use around the house for different things. Yeah. And, uh, it's handy. So I, Yeah,
3: there's there's quite a few people in the RC hobby using them, like you said, for small parts and stuff. It's a pretty cool tool to have. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I guess 3D printing a full planes takes a, a little bit more of a learning curve just to get the, the settings dialed in just right.
2: Yeah, I would think so. I often find myself stumped when trying something new here, and it takes a lot mm-hmm. of research to, to sort mm-hmm. it out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, it, it's good to know that it's still working on it. The printer itself was actually fairly decent, um, and I had very little trouble with it. The one Terry has. Mm -hmm. My Mm -hmm. my biggest issue was the print bed was a little small.
3: uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Is it a printer bot simple? Yeah,
1: I think it was a simple.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you added a a heated bed to it.
3: Yeah, I added a heated bed. There's
1: no auto-leveling. It's mostly, the frame is made out of wood. Okay. Uh, uh, But I had some upgrades. I put a belt on one of the axes, a heated bed,
3: Mm -hmm. some minor upgrades, some 3D printed parts on it. Okay. It's like a six-inch cube build area or something.
2: Uh, yeah, it's like six by
1: four, if I remember correctly. Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah one dimension's definitely not six. So.
3: Yeah. Gotcha.
1: I think it's six <laughs> by four. I think it's got a a, sl- a bed extender on it, uh-huh. uh, and as part of the belt drive, and um, uh, it, it was, you know, one of the things I I, I bought just as an experiment. I said, like, you know, am I really going to use this thing? And I found it turned yeah. to be far more useful than I ever thought it would be. Yeah. Uh, so I had to upscale. Yeah.
3: yeah, that is the thing. Once you kind of have access to one, you start yeah. thinking about other ways to use it that you maybe didn't think about before you bought one.
1: Oh yeah, I made all kinds of weird stuff. Yeah, hobby related, mm-hmm. non-hobby related. Um, yeah, you know, I, I could, I could draw a little bit myself. I'm not an expert at SolidWorks. I could, I did make some mm-hmm. stuff in SolidWorks. I made some stuff in OpenSCAD. Mm-hmm. I played with Fusion Three z just to kind of go around different programs, see which one I liked. Uh, yeah. Uh, but
3: that's kind of what's kept 3D printing from, you know, when it, when desktop 3D printing started coming out in 2012, around then people were, you know, it was this huge cultural thing and people were talking about, everyone's going to have a 3D printer in their home, but if you can't design your own parts, you're really limiting your ability to use a 3D printer. Yeah. that's I- So that's kind of, yeah, that's what's kept people from adopting it. You, can't, yeah. you get tired of just downloading trinkets. That's what I tell people. Is if you really want to open up the the, the, uh-huh. the power of 3D printing, you learn how to draw stuff. You know. Yeah, and that's just a lot higher learning curve. Yeah. Well, yeah,
0: but the whole point of your website is to sell people your design. So. <laughs> <Yeah.
3: Can't>, don't go and get your own <True>. <laughs> Don't do it. Everybody, don't learn. <laughs> um, so for somebody <laughs>
2: starting out, what would a baseline 3D printer that could handle your designs mm-hmm. cost?
3: So I have a lot of users that um, they have printed this on a printer called a Creality Ender 3. And I oh, think yeah. that starts at like 300 bucks. Oh, wow. Um, which isn't bad. And I mean, that's one where it, it opens up a whole opportunity to tinker with and, and upgrade also. Um, so that's a good entry level one that I see. Would
0: I bought a plane for three hundred dollars and crashed it and said, "eh, that was fun." So <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. I, I think three hundred dollar three D printer might be yeah. okay for me. <laughs> three hundred. That's probably the
1: the good cost benefit price point because you can get cheaper than that. I've seen mm-hmm. some less than two hundred. Yeah, uh, but uh, they're probably a questionable utility. Uh, sure, but you know you can get something really really cheap if you just want to tinker with it and give it a shot. But mm-hmm. be, you know, notice that the bed size may be small
3: and there may not be as yeah. much support for it. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I can't afford a Prusa Mark III. That's a grand.
3: Yeah, it's a thousand bucks. So that one.
0: that's not going to happen.
3: Yeah. So and unless you're doing a lot of 3D printing, you know that would be kind of a prosumer level. Yeah. But yeah, 300 bucks um, for. The, that, that Ender 3, you know, I've talked to a lot of people that have good results with that one. Yeah, those,
1: I think, seem to be really popular, have a huge user base, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and there's there's a different
3: versions of them, so uh, mm-hmm. people seem to like them a lot. Yeah, and like I said, upgradable, too, which is nice. If you want to throw another 100 bucks in there later on, once you get used to it, you can upgrade yeah. the printhead to make it a little more friendly and stuff like that. So. Oh,
1: yeah, or we'll do fancy stuff like
3: Dual, yeah. dual extrusions yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and
0: speaking of tips i wanted to point out that uh, eric's website 3darrowventures.com there mm-hmm. is a section on 3d printing and build tips and i was just looking through that and there's a lot of good advice and you know this elephant foot thing i've never heard of that before because yeah. i <laughs> of the three here i don't have a 3d printer uh, i've uh-huh. just been looking at Fitz to help do stuff since he's local and in fact Fitz has helped my son build parts and part of me is I'm glad we've had this chance to talk to you because I, I love several of the planes that are on your site. And uh-huh. I'm, I'm kind of liking that the little mini plane you're building because I think that would be a great starter for me. But I know my yeah. kids would just jump on it. And I'd be running out of spools, you know. I'd probably have to yeah. get one of those, like, subscription services where they deliver a spool of PL80 or house oh, yeah. every month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the giant yeah, spool you some, find some on the school. side of the road. Yeah, pretty soon they're going to have to have, like, recycled PLA cans by the curb for your recycle days because <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. Uh, but, yeah, so that's a great uh, site. You know, if you look at his stuff, don't just look at his airplanes. Look at some of the uh, tips he has because, yeah. you know, I'm being motivated as we speak to go out and purchase one because I've I've been the last holdout. But I will admit, I think price and I, I'm, I say price because I've seen the stuff Fitz has built. And uh, although I haven't flown one of his 3D planes, I know he has done several builds with it. And I just didn't want to get something so cheap that it would just frustrate me to the point mm-hmm. where it's not worth it. But I also wasn't willing to spend 500 plus uh, because I, I've, no offense, I just have other stuff I enjoy building sure. or working on. Yeah. And it, yeah. it just hasn't gotten there yet. But now that you've said, mentioned this ender, I might do some research and maybe see if someone's getting rid of one to, you know, maybe they're at that level to upgrade to something bigger mm-hmm. and better.
3: Yeah, there's probably enough users out there now that you could find one used, or I know they, they put them on sale every once in a while on Amazon or something for 250 or so if you time it right, you can get into it for a little cheaper. Um, but yeah, I, I like nerding out on all this stuff, so I'll keep updating the 3D printing and, and build tips
2: <laughs>
3: on the webpage as well. So Have you had a chance <laughs> to play with resin printers, just out of curiosity? Yeah, I have a couple... Uh... Formlabs oh, do you? Resin oh. printers. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're cool. Um, I use them less. I mean, the materials are – it's definitely a big jump in material cost. Yeah, yeah. Um, you don't want to build a plane so, out of it, but for certain detailed no, no, parts, no. it's really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could do some cool scale cockpit stuff with those and, Yeah, because the, the level of detail is awesome.
1: Yeah, I have a, so. I belong to a, a one of those makerspaces clubs, uh-huh. and they just got a Formlabs. They got like the okay. Cadillac package the new one uh
3: like the form 3 yeah the
1: form 3 with the automated Mm -hmm. washer and the automated Mm -hmm. uh, curing station Mm -hmm. uh we got a grant or something like that so we got this so i cool i print out several things and it's it's um it's really neat it's you know it's got its own nuances and frustrations Uh sometimes but did you have to do your own
3: cleanup and everything uh
1: yes, of the parts. Well, yeah. I mean, we have an automated. There's a washer thing, so you you just stick right. it in, press a button, and it, it has an automated retraction system. And it's actually really neat. And so it'll dip mm-hmm. it into in a in the alcohol solution and stir it and and wash it for a while and pop it back out when yeah. it's done. Uh, and so I've printed several different things. I've talked about it before on the show. Some some, I like it because I like to make parts for, I do plastic models. And so for really oh, nice, nice, highly yeah. detailed parts, it's really good for that. Mm-hmm. I haven't really made oh, yeah. anything for my RC stuff, but like you said, cockpits. And I thought about yeah. making um, uh, some, we've talked about uh, some, my, my A-10, I think like uh, missile parts and antennas and that oh, kind yeah. of stuff. For sure. for uh, For my RC models. So.
3: Yeah, I probably wouldn't, I wouldn't use resin parts on, um things that are gonna you know, take a lot of stress. yeah, yeah, they they can be a little brittle. Even the engineering grade stuff can be a little bit brittle and and they tend to deteriorate a little bit over time. Yeah. Um, I'm I say that. I mean, I'm sure there's people that know more about the materials than I do, but from my experience yeah, but it awesome for, yeah, like you said, ordnance and cockpits and, and small detail parts. Um, especially if you're going to paint them and stuff like that too, you, you can do some really cool stuff. Yeah. The, uh, the, the RC geek we mentioned earlier, he
1: does the tail feathers out of mm. resin for people. Okay. He has a, uh, he sells those and they're really nicely detailed.
2: Yeah. I think it has ordnance too.
1: Does he do ordnance? Yeah. Mm.
2: Well, maybe like tanks yeah. or something. Mm. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. And I think, uh, motion RC sells cockpit, resin cockpit. 3D printed. Oh, really? Uh, for customers, yeah. Oh, that's cool. For some of their EDF jets. Mm-hmm. So you're slowly yeah, starting know. to see it creep into the RC modeler yeah. vendors.
2: Yeah, Chris makes bombs. Plastic bombs, that is. Mm. Mm.
3: Yeah. So yeah, those are that's a, a whole other avenue you could do some really cool stuff with.
2: So speaking of makerspaces, mm-hmm. f- with Let's say a normal 3d printer to makerspace for one of your designs. It takes a long time. Would it be a mm-hmm. breach of etiquette to, to do, uh, to print an airplane out of makerspace?
3: I don't think so. I mean, you're paying for it, right? Yes. What's I don't there? know how it works. Oh, you mean like, would it be just frowned upon to take the printer up that much time?
2: Yeah, I guess that's my question.
3: Oh, for the other members. Oh, uh, well, at least for mine, uh-huh. we have multiple
1: printers. <laughs> So if you're using mm-hmm. one, there's usually one or two backups people can use. So that's why they're there is to be used. I mean, don't be obnoxious with it and take it up for like a week at yeah. a time every day. <laughs> uh, but for the most part, usually it's not a problem. Okay,
3: mm-hmm. uh, you just go in. It probably wouldn't be an issue. Yet. Yeah, and it, I mean that each part, like each individual part, takes anywhere between like two and six hours or something. Yeah. All right. So you know you might have to take breaks in between parts to give people other people access to the printers. But as long as you're not running it for a hundred hours straight, we have a pen.
1: You've heard of the company, um, mm-hmm. re3d. Yeah. In Houston. Yeah. They're literally mm-hmm. the next town over from me. I know the guys. Yeah. Uh, Matt is one of the, the co-owners and, uh, yeah,
3: I think I met him.
1: Th- th- they've been around. They, uh, three print a, a, they have the. They specialize in large format printers, mm-hmm. and so basically, they can print one of these planes in like two sessions, two or three sessions. Yeah. they
3: they can. They'd be long sessions, but they're
1: long. Yeah, I talk about it because <laughs> he had um, Lee. He had the P thirty eight, I think he had printed.
3: Okay. And he did it
1: like in three sessions or something. He said, "Yeah, yeah. I just I just put Pretty all awesome. the pieces together." As much as I could, and then it printed out as one piece, and so it was really neat that it, <laughs> yeah. instead of
3: you know thirty pieces, it was like three. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah, I was at like the CAD program I use, SolidWorks. Uh, they do an annual user conference every year. It was in February, and so they were they had a presence there re three d and I chatted with them. It'd be fun to collaborate with them to do a full. You could do the whole fuselage, you know, in one build, and, yeah. and the two wings in one build, which is pretty cool
1: yeah they're nice guys
3: uh, occasionally they'll
1: yeah. have uh, open houses at their factor facilities mm-hmm. here in houston you can mm-hmm. and they have a they used to have a weekly no monthly meeting with the community people come in for different topics i went in one time and okay. people were making costumes 3d print costume parts yeah for you know anime and sci-fi kind of stuff
3: yeah they're doing some cool stuff with trying to recycle plastics yeah i saw that they I have so. um, you know a mm-hmm. little side disc <laughs> sorry to jump off but um,
1: they have uh, yeah
3: no free ads
1: uh, no 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 it's just uh, it's,
3: they, <laughs> I'm just kidding
1: no we're an RC model podcast we're talking getting a little off time but no it's real but you you make a good point they have I saw it it's a it's a little hopper thing and they could put in mm-hmm. basically shredded plastic into this hopper mm-hmm. and it stirs it up and self extrudes it into a 3d print so you don't have to have yeah. a spool of anything you just have you just throw in mm-hmm. random junk of
3: plastic. Yeah, if you, you could grind up a bunch of plastic bottles and 3D print some stuff out of it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I saw the prototype, and it, it yeah. seemed to be working pretty good. Mm-hmm. So they, they're doing some neat stuff. They're trying to stay ahead of the the curve on a lot of stuff. Yeah. Now
0: I'm really liking the idea of putting a plane in the car, let it melt, and then
1: build it out <laughs> of itself. Just grind out. it. Hodgepodge <laughs> PLA. Rebuild it out of yeah, itself. It, Recycle and it, the crash plane. Just,
0: well, yeah, just, no, but just, like, have that really odd-looking plane with recycled PLA. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. weird colors and awesome. stuff. Because the plastic yeah. is recyclable. The, the PLA Save can be rebuilt and used again. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Make it so. Come on, guys. I'm giving you all these great ideas. <laughs> yeah, it's easy. You, you guys have the tools and the technology. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: So, so uh, Eric, do you fly traditional planes anymore? Like uh, Balsa Wood, Foamies, ops, yeah.
3: and that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, <laughs> traditional. I have s- is that what
0: we've come to now? Traditional. Yeah. <laughs> Those old-time RC planes, yeah. <laughs> cool.
3: Yeah, I still have a few Foamies. I have the old Timber that I fly a lot, which is, that's a fun one. Um, And then I'm going to I'm gonna start kind of refurbishing some of the, the planes that are hanging up in, the, in my parents' garage. That... edge is still in really good shape, so I might try to get that going. Um, But yeah, I still got a bunch of cool stuff in there. Old 89-inch wingspan PT-19 I want to get going. That's a balsa build. Um, I still have a Coldberg chipmunk uh, balsa new in the kit. That's one of my favorite planes. So Yeah, still into any material. I think they all have their pros and cons. Cool. So yeah, I'm all I have a bunch of yeah, bunch of nitro gas engines laying around. So but it's that I've been attracted, you know, as I've gotten older and you know just a little less time to dive into the electrics are really, really
2: nice. Yeah, once you get over that initial learning curve, it's uh, mm-hmm. pretty easy
3: mm-hmm. And the that's I mean there's been so much advancement in that technology over the last. Decade, just into the weight of the batteries and the how powerful the motors are. It's pretty awesome.
0: Yep. Build a de- or design a 3D UMX around that 3S800. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a win right there.
3: Yeah. The one what? I'm working on, I have a 3S850. It just adds a little too much weight for this one. But I think it's running on a 2S650 or something like that.
2: Huh, that's um, still pretty big for a UMX.
3: Yeah, and the wingspan on that little air cam I'm working on, I think the wingspan is about 29 inches. Okay. Um, and so I have flown. I printed it out of standard PLA, and it flew fine, but the landings were a little hot, just kind of heavy.
2: Right.
3: Um, so it was tough. It was tough to get it on the ground. But uh, now I'm printing it. I'll probably would recommend you know, people printing it out of, like, a mixed media. So you could do the fuselage out of standard PLA and then maybe do the wings and the tail surfaces out of this lighter material, this foaming material.
2: Okay. How um, much weight savings like, do you get there?
3: So, like, if I were to print the whole that whole thing out of standard PLA, it's about 300 grams flying weight with the motor and the battery in there, uh-huh. which is kind of heavy for that size. About 10 um, ounces, roughly? Yeah, uh, 10, yeah, ten ten and a half ounces. And then I can... Let me look at my... I think if you printed the whole thing out of that foaming material with the same motor and battery, it's about 190 gram flying weight, 180 grams.
2: Oh, that's significant. So yeah, it's pretty have. significant. That's Whoa. getting down
3: into kind of... I was looking at the like the citation uh, that they just came out with, Horizon. I think that's uh-huh. heavier than that.
0: Hey, Eric, I uh, have a suggestion. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and I'll work with you on this. Again, I'm kay. not a 3D printing guy, so the, the entire kit does take time, but... Another approach might be is making brackets that you could use Dollar Tree foam to make a quick aircraft by just having a a structure, a centerpiece structure where you could slide in or utilize, you know, the the Dollar Tree foam. But someone Mm -hmm. could quickly make pieces to have the the main frame structure. Hmm. And then they could just go get Dollar Tree foam and finish it. So you could, you know, build work your way up to a full 3D printed aircraft. Yeah. But do something that's a good where idea. you could just have like a. So like, I mean, if we make a Chuck glider, you could actually have the Chuck glider frame with a blade. You could slide, you know, like the Gillows models, where you could slide in a, a piece of foam, and they could have fun with the air, the airframe, um, the design of the air, the wing. Excuse me, I'm trying to work that out. And the tail surfaces, but you know, you could come up with where it has the the airfoil already built into the frame you know, in the, in the printed mm-hmm. design. So they could slide it in. It's got it. So, you know, they crash the wing. The, hopefully the 3D printed aspect is still intact. They could just throw it a new mm-hmm. wing or tail surface. But, you know, and then build up from there and have like, you know, level one type chuck glider, level two chuck glider. The yeah. three might have a little brushless motor where they could add some more. But the idea is that you could push people into it. Because I will tell you, I'm intimidated mm-hmm. looking at the stuff that's pretty. Sure. When, when Fitz showed me that box of a P38, I was like, Damn, and then <laughs> my favorite is his first video he did, where his where he did his three D print. It turned into this, uh-huh. you know, you know, bird's nest. I'm yeah, like, you know, it's like I, I'm pretty good with an exacto if I can cut my way through balsa and stuff. But if you start yeah, people off small and get the kids to mm-hmm. do that, I could see where someone would easily work their way up to yeah. the next level, just like you do an Estes rocket or you exactly. know, plastic model.
3: So that was that's a similar idea with on the STEM side, like trying to get kids into just. Exploring oh, different yeah. technologies to get them into the hobby, and so just pr- even like a, a rubber-powered, just printing the, imagine like a frame as you, it would look similar to just a balsa frame, and then you could even coat it with tissue paper, just like you do a, a rubber-powered plane, just to get kids thinking about. It would it would introduce them to this new technology that's really awesome, but then also kind of teach them traditional build skills at the same time.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm all for um, that.
3: Yeah. That's it. That's interesting. I like that idea. So you're, you're talking about 3d printing, say a frame of a wing with ribs and everything, and then kind of coating it in foam.
0: Uh, that or just have the structure where it's thin enough where it doesn't really make a difference you know you could have it hollow you just have the you know give people the idea of what the rib structure looks like we're talking about a mm-hmm. chuck glider it doesn't have to be aerodynamic sure 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 uh and then you could work your way up to even better design so again it's mm-hmm. like having a kid start with an, a level one rocket where it's pretty much ready to fly yeah and then the next level they start learning how to 3d print pieces that glue together yeah exactly um, and for me, I mean I I'm a perfect candidate for testing, so send me your practice pieces. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll let you know how they go. You know, I always like free stuff. Um yeah. but I think it'd be I mean, I'm just that's interesting to me. I think that's yeah. what would get me more excited. And quite frankly, I, I'm I know I'm I'm getting to that age where my kids darn it, my kids are Answering technical questions faster than I can, just yeah. like, oh, it's frustrating, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. And and my son is doing that, but you know what? I also smile when I realize that my kid is doing things um, different than I am, and he sees mm. something differently than I do, and I it, it inspires me to get better. So yeah. I think if he had his hands on a three D printer, uh, first off, I'd I'd have to have like a, a a power switch to the house to go off at midnight. <laughs> yeah, he just be sitting there all night because <laughs> I know he'd find another outlet somewhere. <laughs> you know, and but I think I would I would like seeing him that inspired to come up with cool and amazing ideas, yeah. and that's what we need with people. We need them to come up with solutions instead of just um, you know sitting and watching TV.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, like, that's we, awesome. That's definitely one of my goals. Is how can I make this as accessible as possible and not be. So daunting for people to just print out a ton of parts. Yeah. Right. So here's here's then, the deal, Eric. Yeah.
0: You're welcome back in six months, but you have to have two things. You have to have okay. this level building project I've given you, and I need to see a Cessna three three seven. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> no, no pressure. All no right. pressure. <laughs> but we'd love to have you back to see if you have had, especially to know if you have anything that's finalized. You know, I know you you've got the uh, the chipmunk still on. You know, soon. Yeah. And I'd like to see if there's another fourth or fifth model up there.
3: Yeah, for sure. I think uh, my goal by the end of the year is to have. Uh, what's it? When is it? It's April now. Yeah, I'd like to have at least six up by the end of the year. And so let it I, be written. So
0: let it be done. <laughs> let it be done. You can't Not back music. out now. It shall be
3: done. <laughs> so, yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for the feedback. Just to close it out, I guess, if, at least on mine, if people want to learn more. Um, and there's, like I said, there's free content up on the website. Um, at 3DArrowVentures.com, or I'll be—I have a few videos up on YouTube. I'll be churning out more videos of our, of our builds at youtubecom slash 3 ventures.
0: And don't forget that shout out to Lee from RC Roundtable Podcast when you show that little chuck glider and say that.
3: Absolutely. Shameless promotion. We'll we'll chat (laughs) offline about your residuals. (laughs) I
0: want a penny per model. Yeah. That's all I ask.
3: (laughs) Now stuff like that, you know, I'll probably have some some fun free things for people to, to play with, especially if it's just like a chuck glider. Um, just like a, to make it more accessible for kids and stuff, if they're just diving into it.
0: Oh, I just came up with another idea. Terry will approve this, but you you make a level two chuck lighter where you can change the incidence in the tail. Yeah, like teach them how to like it has a little ratchet so you can change uh-huh. the angle. <laughs> And then, then mm-hmm. explain to them what incidence is by, by changing this. You know, it can loop or it'll stay straight. And You know, right. with the old foamy ones you get from Walmart, you know, it's you just hope it stayed in place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, it didn't fly off when say, you throw it, right? <laughs> yeah.
3: So there is one video. The very first video I did was taking one of those big foam gliders from Walmart and designing a little power pod to put on top of it that kind of hovers right over the CG. Um for an electric motor, and then putting some simple servos and just ch- turning that into an RC model for pretty cheap. Hmm. So that's one way to kind of use 3D printing to get people into the hobby in a, in a fairly inexpensive way. Um, and those are fun. I, actually, in the video, I take it out into the desert. I live in El Paso, Texas, so I just take it out in the desert and fly it around and catch it. Um, so you can kind of take it anywhere. It's super low weight. It's not going to hurt anybody, if it, even if it runs and hits them in the face. So. <laughs>
2: I think that was a threat, Lee.
3: Yeah, heads up. <laughs> <It's
2: coming> for, <laughs> all right. <laughs>
3: well, that's neat. Do you have that yeah. design on your site, the PowerPod? No, I'll, I'll put it up. Um, I'll make that free for people. Actually, one guy just today, he left a comment asking. Um, I, I told him I'd, I'd email him the files for him to print and play with. Because uh, I'm have looking at your video, and I have a glider just like that in the garage. Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh-huh. I was like, hey, that's not a bad idea. You would maybe need to modify or drill drill into the firewall a little different for whatever motor you've got. But Yeah, that's not a problem. Um, so a tiny, I think I, I took a motor out of a UMX GB. Um, so it's that size motor. It doesn't need much to, to get those foam gliders to fly. So do you think uh, 049 will fit on that? <laughs> that would be a bet out of hell, probably. Yeah. <laughs> We'll wait to find out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, just loud. Cool. <laughs> yeah, those things.
0: You can prop them small. Hey, you know what? Yeah. We should, uh, we should c- come up with an RC round table design and then have, him, you know, have it with a layer so it's just a real thin 3D uh, layered image of our logo. <laughs> <Just> a risen <laughs> layer. Yeah, There you go. So you could be our sponsor for a Chuck Glider.
3: <laughs> All right. Or okay. the other way around. Oh, there right. you go. Yeah. Well, you're <laughs> you're the designer. Your yeah, whatever.
0: It's <laughs> all good. It's all good. We're all happy together. Man. One big happy
3: family. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, that was that was fun. I mean, I, I, this was a lot more than I expected. I mean, I saw your planes. I was like, oh, I know Fitz just wanted to talk about that. It was an X100. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew yeah. Fitz was like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> uh, but I like th- I like the chipmunk. So that's all. Yeah. It's all good.
3: I am. I, I think that's that plane has so much personality. Real cool history, so that's kind of why I'm drawn to it. it. Was one of the actually that was the first kit that my dad and I built it was a Goldberg Chipmunk, so it was like really? our third plane. Wow, very nice. So that's why it has a little bit of personal interest for me.
1: Oh, all right, well, Eric, uh, it's been a fascinating conversation with you, and, and yeah, really, thanks a lot. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we certainly look forward to whatever designs you you come up with next. And I certainly look forward to printing out some of your designs. Lee mentioned the X100. That is certainly one of the ones I, I intend to build myself, and I'll probably take go ahead and print of two of those. fits. print two. of <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it'll, if it'll survive U.S. Postal Service for Terry. You know? <laughs> I was joking.
3: Uh, I'll let you know. I've sent a few to people, um, so yeah. I'll let you know how well it, it gets there.
0: Eric, where are you located?
3: I'm in El Paso, Texas.
0: Oh, you're a Texan. Okay. Yeah, we moved
3: here. I grew up here, and then we moved back from Central Texas, San Antonio area, in July. I am set. We'll see what happens. I'm supposed to go to Oshkosh this year, and have a a little bit of a presence, given a couple talks about
2: uh, 3D air adventures
3: and stuff. And I know the AMA has a a presence there. They have a flying field set up and stuff. So yeah, I I
0: volunteered at Oshkosh 2017 you what i volunteered with the ama at oshkosh 2017 oh no way yeah i even got to fly there awesome. that was great because i got to fly my thunder and lightning so that was oh, a cool. it was a huge bucket list checked off there
3: yeah were you there the whole week
0: oh yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. Was, it was heaven it was really good
3: yeah i'm hoping it doesn't get canceled they're supposed to make a call by the end of may
0: yeah it's, it's not looking good but uh i know yeah it's, it's nuts what was it uh, i just heard in the news it was also canceled darn it um that I was just surprised, besides sporting events, but something else I can't. Oh, like uh, a Burning, Man. Burning Man! Burning oh, <laughs> Man! I was wow. like, that would have been a cesspool of uh, COVID. 19 That was already a cesspool. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, they would have had to wall up that. But it Did just you get a I, refund
2: on your tickets, Lee.
3: You could look at it either way. It's like, well, we're already going to be transferring a bunch of diseases. We might as well just make <laughs> well, it happen. Or... Make it this always... is
0: still an RC podcast. Let's just leave it at that. But you guys, who, if you're not familiar, with it can look it up on the internet and just uh, you know, close the door. <laughs> <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks thanks so much, Eric, for talking to us. We're going yeah, to hopefully have you back. In fact, uh, Terry, let's get uh, 3D Aero Ventures on our uh, Friends of RC Roundtable. On our oh, yeah, website.
2: definitely.
3: That's Good. cool. Thanks a lot.
1: No problem. Thanks for joining us, and uh, yeah. we'll hopefully talk to you again in the future. You got it. All right, then. Uh, any last words, Lee, Terry?
0: Oh, that was fun. Let's get back to building.
2: Yeah, I agree. Stuff like this gets you excited about not only building but designing stuff. So, yeah, I'm raring to go.
1: Yeah, I look forward to doing that, too, when I finish cleaning up my workshop.
2: Actually, I you know what? you just it's did work- that.
1: It's still in the process. Yeah. I made Never it dirtier ended. by Never- cleaning it.
0: I was yeah, going to say, don't you remember his little chart? 85% of it was like finding things and playing with them. Yeah, was <laughs> finding all kinds of cool
1: stuff. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com, where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts, where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites.